0: Hello and welcome to Game and Gadget Podcast number 24, the 1st of 2023. And of course, I have with me, he missed last week, well last month I should say, because he, the poor man was stuck in traffic, but we will not make a big deal about that, because <laughs> what can you do? That's traffic for you. Welcome again, Tony Warren. How are you, Tony? Uh, very well, thank you, and um, Happy New Year and all, all of that stuff. Happy New Year. Did uh, Santa buy you anything this year? What was in your uh, stocking? <laughs> I, I can't remember. That's a good question.
1: Um, not not a right lot. Uh, what did I get? Uh, I bought myself uh, to give to give my daughter to give me a thing for making <laughs> making pies with. So I'm making pies is my thing this year. I'm going to make pies.
0: Any particular pies?
1: I don't know. Maybe chicken.
0: Oh, chicken pies. That reminds me of Wallace and Gromit chicken run there. they want to make me a pie? Anyway, (laughs) there needs to be more stop-motion animation, but that's a completely different subject. Um, In terms of me, Santa didn't buy too much tech, which is quite unlike Santa, but I did get just a thing for my Android phone because ever since they ditched the headphone port, has it become quite a pain. (laughs) to get a decent quality sort of signal from the phone. They all expect you to be using Bluetooth, which as a technology is not too bad at all. (laughs) And of course, um, I have some Sony XM4s, which are a previous generation now. They've been superseded by something else. But But it does support the Sony LDAC format, which is, you know, as Bluetooth wireless codecs go, a really good one. But you know, it's nice to plug in, and then I also have an iPad, which also doesn't have an headphone port. But of course, they have USB-C ports now if you have the uh, Pro versions. So it was nice to be able to plug in with a um, basically an audio dongle, and it was by Creative Labs. Who are probably best known for their range of Sound Blaster cards back in the day. Sound Blaster 16. Yeah, that was my very first sound card, the Sound Blaster 16 value. And then I think I had the All 32, the All 64, the All G2, the X5. And I think I stopped there. I went with an Asus after that, which I've actually, it's probably about 12 or so years old now, and it's still in my modern computer because it's just that good. But yeah, they Creative. They do still do sound cards? Well, they favorite. also do a lot. So yeah, they, they do, believe it or not. I think they're like the gaming pedigree one, low latency and all that, whatever. But I'm sure it's all very good. Although the, I guess the audio in modern motherboards has got a lot better than it would have been when I used to buy a sound card because it, when it was early on days, it was pretty spotting compared to having a dedicated sound card.
1: It was also a pain to support. I mean, that was the nightmare days of um, PC dev, wasn't it? When you had to support different, different, I mean, sound cards. Because there was another one, what was the other one? Roland or something. Roland something? What was it? Was Roland MT something?
0: Oh, the MT32, as in yeah. for the music playback stuff. Well, that yeah. was it, wasn't it? Because in the old DOS games, you had the long list, and you'd always have to select what's your audio driver going to be, and there'd be Sound Blaster. And then there'd be all the – I'm trying to think of all the other ones now. There would be Gravis, ultrasounds, and all that sort of stuff. Gravis, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I it don't really hear them. The whole thing was a nightmare. Yeah. But then, of course, you had to select your music driver. And then there'd be, again, there'd be your sound blaster. And if you were very lucky to own one, a Roland MT-32, for probably one of the best experience of music playback at the time – but for right. most people, it would like be Adlib compatible stuff. So FM Synthesis. Hopefully, you weren't unlucky enough to be driving only off a PC speaker, <coughs> which were lots of beeps and bops. <laughs> so great. FM Synthesis was certainly tremendously better than that. But yeah, the cream of the crop was definitely the MT32. And then after that would be the Roland Sound Canvas. <sighs> All good stuff. But yeah. It's- it's
1: pretty funny that, that you Android guys have, have now had your headphone sockets removed from your phones, because weren't you laughing at us for, for 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 like six months when when Apple first used courage? They used courage to remove the plug, didn't they?
0: Courage. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I kind of remember the Apple reasoning for removing it. And I'm sure at the presentation they did, there was like this uh, short video of like the telephone exchange with the big cables going <laughs> in and out. It's like, really? Well, there was something of that vein. And it was like, it's just convenient. And even now my stepson is like, we went to a, a shop that had a big discount going on. I think they were closing down, which is unfortunately seems to be a lot of, What's happening at the moment on the high street. We found some wired earphones and he forgot his wireless ones. So I just naturally thought, if I buy these wide headphones for one pound fifty, I can listen to music while we're walking around. Nope. No headphone port. Forget it. You need something a little bit more fancier than that. But I wasn't one of the ones laughing, because I knew if Apple were doing it, there was a good chance that Android would yeah. follow after Samsung and Motorola, and who else would mock them for doing it?
1: Yeah, they would, uh,
0: Samsung would mock them and then,
1: and then copy them like three months later, wouldn't they? You just know that's the way that will go. Yeah. But, but, you know, I think, I think the port, I mean, it took a big chunk of space in the machine, didn't it? I think that was the main reason. But I don't really, I mean, I don't, I don't miss it. I like, I like my um, Apple, um, AirPod, whatever they're called, and, um, the, I, I sometimes use those, and sometimes use the the Sony MP4s. depends depending if I want to hear the doorbell or not. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically the decision point uh, with that because the Sony's are so good that you can't. I mean, I can't even. I mean, the 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 thing here is it's really loud, but you can't hear it with the the audio um, whatever it's called um,
0: noise. We're moving reduction. Removing all the noise, yeah, yeah the noise yeah. reduction. Removing the background. Audio yeah, domestic.
1: It it's fantastic. So I, I don't miss the. I mean, in, you know, we were we were all aghast for about ten minutes, and then and then now we're in the era of of arguably better technology. So it's not too Ooh, bad.
0: Argue with me then. What arguably better technology do we have other than with in a wireless world? But we were kind of in a wireless world at the time. We had a choice of plugging oh, in or being wireless. A big a big fat wire from a phone to your ears is not it's not really that good, is it? S- says the guy's just had one delivered from Santa, so he can plug in by wire to his um, iPad Pro, so it gets proper lossless audio yeah, quality. Yeah,
1: yeah, but you're you're an audio person, aren't you? You're not you you are not you a normal person.
0: Yeah. Does this is Mac. Have is this Mac? I think that the Macs still have the headphone ports. Do they? Yes. Excuse me, everybody. Oh yeah, Oop. there it is. Yep, there it is. He didn't even know. That's how much he's utilised it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> didn't even know. Why has it got that? It's the water waste of space. They could have put another USB-C there instead. That would have been infinitely more useful.
0: They kind of gave and take away with that audio port. So my MacBook Pro from 2013 has a headphone port, but also you can use it as an optical out digital port. So if you've got the right plug, you can still go to good old fiber optical, which was very nice because it would pass through surround sound signals which i use plex or just have a nice clean signal on the newer ones that's all gone so there is no fiber optic support optical anymore and instead of giving you like a boosted volume for headphones that require more power to go through for it to really sh- make the headphone shine apparently it's still got a way to go to really be for those more expensive headphones which rely on a lot of power to drive them but they've made some progress into making it a better experience for those that have but yeah the fiber optic's gone so yeah it's still there but it's slightly worse in one scenario and slightly better in another see i think my sony's uh,
1: uh, the sound is like phenomenally good but you're gonna tell me that you can get sound even better than that
0: well here's the truth of it tony i've not actually compared. One with the other. I have never done that. I just like to think I've got this plugged in, therefore, there's no interference, there's no degradation to the audio quality. And whether it's perceivable or not, I just know I'm getting what's from the source, which is nice. And that, of course, and again, we get into this whole argument of I can tell the difference most of the time if a signal, like if it's been compressed to either Apple's AAC or an MP3 file or Spotify or Vorbis. I can hear the compression compared to a lossless track most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time. But as soon as you start talking about, okay, now we go from that 16-bit file, 44 kilohertz, and then we ramp it up to these new high definition or whatever they want to use as a (laughs) terminology for it of 24-bit and maybe up to 192 kilohertz. I'm not so convinced I can really tell the difference there. Now, there'll be people who can swear blind that, oh, yeah, the symbols just resonate more, and and maybe they do. Maybe my hearing now at the age of 41 is not what it used to be, so I'm not going to be the best person to ask anymore. But I did it on a kind of a principle approach. That I want the true source signal as close as darn it with what's compatible, and they support 24-bit 96 kilohertz, so it's not, quite the full range but it's close enough i ain't got a lot of 192 kilohertz content so i know i'm getting mostly 99 percent of the time the source quality that's good enough for me and that little wire yeah it does get a little bit irritating at times does it tangle around my neck sometimes and feel like i'm going to strangle myself on occasion maybe but you know it's it's perception, isn't it? And the principle of the matter. But yeah, this times I'll just go wireless because I can't be bothered with the wire. But you know, if I want to sit and watch a film, because my wife's hogging the Xbox and she won't let me, and she uh, won't let me have a go on the TV for a little while, making a sound terrible. She really isn't. But um, I will just get my iPad Pro out with a nice big twelve point nine inch screen, put on my headphones, put in this new. Creative—I don't think it's called. Maybe called Sandblaster. Maybe called Sandblaster. This dongle, and it sounds great. So it was—it was, was a very good gift from Santa. So thank you very much, Santa. Mm. But that was my only tech gift, which for me is very restrained. No tech gifts for me. Wow. But did you get a pair of socks?
1: Um. I sort of did, yeah.
0: There you go. It's sort usually of. socks or pajamas or slippers.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. And, Mom. <laughs> the way I the way I got the socks was that um um we were struggling struggling for my father's, so it was, he got socks, but Blacks were doing two for one. So, by, by buying my father some socks for Christmas, we we I, I came into another the, the second pair of socks. I came into them myself, so um,
0: everyone's a winner. So, in your head, did your father get the free socks or did you? I got the free socks. Okay, there you go. That, that's a very telling <laughs> answer there.
1: Well, it would have been terrible to get to to.
0: Well, exactly, to, exactly. Wouldn't it? I was wondering how cheeky you were going to answer that, Tony, to be honest.
1: <laughs> I hadn't thought of that, actually. But, yeah, I'm sure you I could, got the three ones.
0: Yeah, it's like Glefoth, off, empty or off, full isn't it? could go either way. Um, so, yes, going back to DOS games, I do remember the 486s very well. And my first was the Sandblaster 16 value card. And anyone who's listened to one of the older podcasts will know. It was a, I think it was a 420 megabyte hard drive, which sounds ridiculous now, but I'm sure there's people out there have had far less. It was a Sound Blast 16 value. I think it was a one megabyte graphics card. And obviously there was no 3D acceleration back then. Um, it was a 66 megahertz when in turbo mode and eight megahertz. When you turn turbo mode off, which I think would have been for much older games where if you'd have done the turbo mode for them, they didn't run better. They just ran a hell of a lot faster. So you couldn't, it wasn't the same game anymore. That seems to happen a lot of older stuff. So it was nice to have that toggle. And it had a dual speed CD-ROM drive, which meant it went twice as quick. Um, I believe as a like a CD audio would read from. So not particularly quick. And there was still, even in the early days, games where if there was a lot of FMV moving video, then it would stutter. The sound was probably okay, but the video would be sort of lurching as you watch the playback. But certainly for the earlier games, like The Seventh Guest, it was like mind-blowing to see (laughs) the video playing. Mm. But yeah, I do remember having to select your sound audio driver and then your sound music driver and then... The 486 could very rarely ever do, like, if it had screen display modes, was it going to be 320 by 200 or 640 by 480? I pretty much guarantee it was going to be the lower-res mode because it was only by the time, I think, you got to the Pentiums did you able to get the high-res stuff. High-res. 640 by 480, my friends, was high-res. Pentium inside. Yeah. I mean, when we go back to early development with you, Tony, and trying to cater for like the audio side and the video side, I mean, was it as much as a nightmare as it sounds? Because there were certainly plenty of options to choose from.
1: Uh, well, it was a bit of a faff. I mean, we had lots of problems with with all, all sorts of things in DOS. I mean, DOS was just hard. The, the engines were, the engines were difficult because of the page switching. You know, we used to use DOS extenders and stuff to to extend the memory, and it was it was it was all fairly horrible. And discs, floppy discs, were hard to deal with. Um, As drawing, in,
0: just the formats, of floppy discs.
1: Well, swapping swapping them around. You know, if you wrote if you wrote a multi disc
0: game you know it's it's gonna
1: say you know you had to design around it because you didn't want you, you know you need you needed to know what files were on which disc and they needed to be in sensible order so i mean if you had an imagine an adventure game where you're going like steel sky where you you're going from one one part back to another part like you know potentially it, it's gonna say oh look you've gone back into this room so that's on disc three so Take disk four out and go back to disk three, and we'll load the stuff in, and you know, and then and then you leave the room, and it's oh, you need disk four again, you know, you know. Uh, Potentially, you could get into a right mess with it. So it was just it was just stuff you didn't really want to think about and and don't have to think about anymore, you know. So yeah, floppies were bad drivers. I don't I don't remember we ever had any big driver problems at at Revolution, but uh, over anything else. I mean, we tended to the audio tended to come from out outside people, and I think I can't remember how we did. De- yeah, I can't. I can't remember how it used to work. What we used to get from the from the musician person, and where the actual driver handling stuff came from, I can't remember. Can't remember. I mean, there were lots. You know, there were by the time we were writing DOS uh, PC only games we had we had three or four programmers so that 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 low level techie stuff wouldn't wouldn't have been me i was more like um gameplay and scripty stuff you know more the game than the, the driver side so it was just it was just going on around me more, more than me having to deal with it you know but yeah it was P- pc in the early pc and then it was all it was all quite difficult and, and then direct text came and direct text, they they kind of saying we're, we're going to solve all the problems by um you know, um, I can't remember the word now. Um, you know, everything was going to be hidden behind direct text. So direct text would shield you from, from the driver's side. You'd have a common interface and all that. And and it kind of worked. I mean, for us it works because we were doing simple stuff. And I remember, I remember direct 3d All the, um, the, the 3d guys were getting very upset because you, you, you know, it, it didn't work at first and you, you you had to query the machine, see what it could do and it could do X and then it would say you could do Y as well, but it couldn't do the both at the same time. But there was no way to know that, um, and, and the people used to write very long blog posts saying saying what fools Microsoft were, and and, and none of this was going to work, you know. And people like Carmack would would say, yeah, none of this works. We're going to go OpenGL, and you, you know there was all that kind of debate for for years and years. But you know we, we were lucky to avoid all that all that three D stuff at Revolution because we were we were two D until. In Cold blood
0: and what about broken soul 3 there must have been some direct 3d usage there for the 3d stuff Uh,
1: it was uh, renderware wasn't it was it renderware yeah I think it was renderware the thing that criterion software I think that was what we used for that yeah I think it was there was another one b render maybe that was earlier and we never actually used that I think RenderWare was the one we used, and then it uh, and it and it, it, it kind of solved a reasonable amount of problems, and then um, EA bought it and destroyed it. In one would, sense, as you would expect. Well, you know, they bought it, and then they sort of said, "Oh, well, we're probably going to just use this ourselves." So, all you all you developers out there, we're gonna we're gonna effectively confiscate your platform and hopefully i will set you back a couple of years while we um, zoom ahead with, with our own internal stuff based on RenderWare. I mean, literally, that's what they did. It's quite, it quite a big thing. A lot, a lot of us still remember that because there was a lot
0: of bitterness about it. So, RenderWare's principal commercial importance was in providing an off-the-shelf solution to the difficulties of PS2 graphics programming. Was often known as the engine, as Sony's DirectX. <laughs> so, after what we've just said, I'm sure it was better around that same time. Yeah, well, PS2 was was quite tricky. So you couldn't. PS2 was like
1: people were saying it's too. You know, it's going to be too hard to write our own. I mean, everyone kind of did their own for PS1, but then it got it got too much, and, and PS2 was really difficult to to particularly difficult to code the graphics on with its emotion engine, if you remember that.
0: Yes, I certainly do.
1: If and uh, yeah, direct, yeah, I think RenderWare ruled, ruled the waves for PS2, at least for a while.
0: In fact, I set up the PS2 just before Christmas, and I don't know why. For some reason, before Christmas, I tend to get out older stuff religiously. As in, I love retro, and every every so often I will be playing out a Saturn or a Dreamcast or my Mega Drive, which is permanently set up, or PlayStation 1. But for some reason, it's probably from a stepson, I thought, right, PlayStation 2, this is where we're going to go. And, you know, it was just fun to play the PlayStation 2. But it's so interesting looking at the, the, I guess we'd call it the fat PlayStation 2, which is quite a chunky thing. Certainly not PS5 size, but it was big enough. And then the PS2 Slim came out years later, which was minutely thin. Minutely thin. It's a good machine, was PS2. Oh, yeah. Well, it certainly sold very well. I think yeah, it's yeah. still cl- the most worldwide sold console ever, I believe.
1: Is that right? Yeah. And it was a good, but it was a good price, wasn't it? I mean, it was, it was affordable. P- PS5 seems ridiculously expensive to me.
0: And they put the price up, haven't they, just recently? No doubt. Yeah, I'm holding off a PlayStation 5. And I don't think there's any need to rush because actually some of the bigger blockbuster titles, it takes a while longer, but they are coming to the PC. So I've been playing, even though I played it on the PS4, I've been playing Horizon Zero Dawn again, which is one of the best games I've ever played, to be honest. And now Spider-Man's come as well, but I haven't got that yet. I'm waiting for a sale. I'm waiting for a good sale. And then I'll get that one. And then Uncharted 4 and the... uh, the like the later one with Chloe in it as well. That was just a separate game. That's available on the PC as well. So they're slowly but surely coming over to the PC. So I'm not even sure if I really need to get a PlayStation Five unless I really just want to have something next to the TV where I can sit on my couch. Don't really want to keep moving my PC around for such endeavours. Not quite the lightest thing to move. Well, the PlayStation 5 doesn't look exactly like a small thing to move around. Can you remember when a console was like a GameCube and it had a little handle? GameCube, oh, those were the days.
1: Yeah, but I mean it's, it's just a PC anyway, isn't it?
0: Oh, it really is. I mean, the Series X and the PlayStation 5 are architecturally so close to one another. They've just taken slightly different approaches in how they utilize that power, where PlayStation 5 just seems to... Push the GPU f- far harder and overclock what they've got. Where and the Xbox relies on that full power, the raw power. And most of the time, the PlayStation Five seems to equal or do better than the Xbox, except in certain scenarios. So it's actually worked out for PlayStation in that sense. But yeah, it's a beast of a size of the thing. At least Microsoft got the size right, even though it looks like a, a GameCube times two with. One stacked on top of the other. It's not anywhere near as giant as the PlayStation five. Yeah,
1: yeah. But or as silly looking.
0: It does have something to think of the Nintendo yeah. Way, which just looked like a Sorry, go on. You broke up a little bit, Tony Try again. Oh yeah, so uh, yeah, a PS five with its strange white
1: wingy things on it. Yeah. How did that get past
0: the um, initial sketches? I don't know. Well, it's even weirder because if you have the drive version, it makes even less sense because you've just got this sudden bulge. Maybe that's the pregnant PS5, and then there's the PS5 without the drive, which actually looks perfectly slender. I don't know. I mean, personally, if I was going to buy a PlayStation 5, I would want the drive just in case. Because you're certainly a lot too digital if you buy the one without the drive. Certainly are, yeah. And that would screw up backwards compatibility if you had the discs still. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, these things are no interest to me anyway because I'm I'm just retro these days. So. Well,
0: you are indeed. I mean, your Steam Deck, is that getting Steam a fair Deck. bit of usage? I love, I love Steam Deck.
1: It's so good. It's a great, great thing.
0: I've yet to try one. Very yep. eager. I'll, uh, maybe that's one of my many excuses to come and visit you one day quite soon is because I would like to see the Steam Deck in the flesh because it looks... I won't say ridiculously large in size when compared to something like a switch, but it does look rather chunky. So is it still as comfortable as you were saying, not that long ago? I mean, you you get it out of its box and you go, blimey, this is big,
1: but then you start using it and and within a minute or so, it's like completely natural and, and, and you get all the benefit of the screen and the, and the controls are nice and everything feels right. I mean, you, you instantly get used to it and, and accept it for what it is. And then, you know, you go back to a Switch or something and it's like you know, a tiny, tiny little squashed console thing. So, uh, yeah, you, you don't worry about the size. It doesn't matter. And, and you, it's not like, well, I mean, I guess you could carry one around. I mean, you need a bag to put it in, but, you know, if you're going to be on the train, it's not a problem to have a, to get a, get a, Steam deck out of your bag and and start playing it. You know, I mean, it's not like you play a game while walking or something, is it, or cycling? You know, where where, you know it's not a problem to hold it in two hands. So, like, who cares if if a switch is like that and a game deck is like that? What's the what's the big disadvantage in it being like three inches bigger or something? There isn't one really. It's just different when you first see it. Yeah, it's clever. It's a clever thing.
0: It reminds me, I'm saying that a lot today, but I guess it's a time for reflection as we've started a new year. But PlayStation 1 had like a screen you could get which would attach to it. And except for the fact you had to plug the darn thing in somewhere, it was kind of portable because it had the screen. And I guess in the car it was quite handy. And then the GameCube had something similar. I don't think anyone was really daft enough to do it for the original Xbox because it was so huge. But certainly for the smaller consoles, I'm talking in retail here. I'm not talking about like a homebrew product that somebody's done in their spare time to make a good YouTube video. But certainly those smaller consoles, those earlier consoles, you could often get a little screen that would attach to it whether it's for in the car or maybe to go in a bedroom and just have something, it's just in the corner. If you didn't want them to have a full TV, that was always an option.
1: True. Yeah, I mean, you needed, you still need mains electric, though.
0: You do. You do indeed. I'm waiting for the day then someone creates a screen for the PlayStation 5 and counts that as the portable solution for your PlayStation 5 gaming needs. be like an iMac, but PlayStation. Yeah. You could attach a 32-inch screen on that quite comfortably, I'd have thought. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, if they were smart, they would they would look. I mean, Sony have been burnt by handhelds multiple times, haven't they? But you They've know, tried. they have tried. But they could look at. I mean, a, a PS5 Steam Deck would be quite an interesting prospect, actually.
0: But isn't that what we're about every Sony handheld? Like the PSP was heralded as this is like a PlayStation Two in your hands. Then the Vita came along. This is like a PlayStation Three in your hands. And now you're trying to tell me something like the Steam Deck will be like a PS5 in your hands. I feel like we're on the the same failure trajectory.
1: Well, except that um, you know those those machines, those early Sony Sony attempts, they were custom platforms, weren't they? And they had they also had their own media and, and half of the problem. If you look at the the first one, um, the PlayStation. I mean, I mean, goodness me! That it was so complicated. I mean, it must have it cost a fortune to build the thing because it was, it was like um, all the moving parts of the discs and stuff where it went in. It was, it was a hugely complicated thing. And it was kind of heavy, and, and it, it, the whole thing was weird, wasn't it? I mean, the, you can see why they didn't make any money on it because it was, it was, it was so complicated. But you see, uh, my 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 PS5 deck would be would be. Um, just a digital PS5, wouldn't it, on a, with its own screen? So it's just a case of, uh, and, you know, it's not like you have to go to developers, right, here's a new platformer or, or and here's a new media that, we, that, that that everything has to be duplicated onto and, and it's all high risk, you know. It would just play PS5 games. So it would have to have
0: a nice fast SSD as well. Sure. Mm-hmm. Which is not impossible, but that's certainly better than UMD when Sony thought, oh, this is a good format to also stick our movies on as well.
1: Yeah, but they were in that mindset of, uh, oh, this is how you rule the world. You invent new media platforms and, and,
0: and we get to duplicate
1: them at a huge expense for everyone else. I mean, they were locked into that way of thinking for decades, weren't they? Yeah.
0: Oh, no, we don't want that SD card garbage. We want our own. You know, <laughs> Flash storage solution instead for your save games.
1: Sony Sony something disc, we'll call it, and we'll have a factory in, in, in Vietnam that, that everyone has to use to duplicate. It'll be brilliant. I mean, I mean, they failed at that multiple times over, didn't they? I guess Blu ray.
0: Blu ray's theirs, isn't it? I mean, that's probably the last one that, that they ever got to work. Yeah, Blu ray's one of the few exceptions, I think. When you think Sony Betamax, Sony UMD, um, there's probably others out there. So, shame about HD DVD, I always thought that was a very good format. Yeah, no,
1: I remember that. I was thinking about that the other day. Actually, we were like willing it to beat to beat the Blu- Blu-ray, but uh, it was doomed, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure why it was so doomed. Though I think it's just they just happened to get the support Sony, from other movie studios. And yeah. if the movies aren't there, why would you buy the format? Yeah, but it was yeah. A very appealing as an option cause as an Xbox 360 owner, just be able to buy something for. A relatively small £99 when the actual standalone players were going for about 500 for her HD DVD standalone. The early Blu-ray players with their incomplete version 1 specs because they had to rush it out to market was £1,000 which would probably be obsolete within a number of months if you wanted additional functionality and may not even support newer discs. That's how bad it was, folks then that was a very appealing option. And Microsoft actually did a lot of the in—the interactivity parts of HD DVD. So they did a lot of the software. And it was really impressive. Blows Blu-ray out there, water. I mean, most Blu-rays, you just load up a menu, which looks very much like a DVD. It's like maybe like a looping video in the background with the same looping music, and you just select an option. Whereas HD, DVD, the interactive stuff was trying to do so much. It was really clever, including when you were watching a film, things and trivia would be appearing. But it was not within the film itself, like the movie file. It was overlays and all sorts. It was so cleverly done. But maybe it was the capacity. That just wasn't quite enough for some of the studios. I wanted that little bit more because they needed it for 3D.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah 3D 3D tellies Do you remember? I, was, I was remembering them These are every, at, one, at one point it was all 3D tellies wasn't it it really was what happened to that
0: I, th- I, I guess people just didn't like wearing the glasses I mean that's why I love my 3DS it only works because it's one person using it if someone's watching off to one side the 3D is destroyed and it looks just like a mess a flickering mess but if you're sat directly in front of it it works b- beautifully and you don't need the glasses But, yeah, I don't think anyone really enjoyed having to wear glasses when you weren't wearing glasses anyway. And if you were wearing glasses, then you'd need prescriptions and all. No, it's just a lot of faff. Yeah, well, they're still trying to
1: get eye-based 3D stuff to work, you know, VR and all that stuff. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But that's for the solo person.
1: Mr. Zuckerberg has staked a lot on it,
0: hasn't he? (laughs) On the whole metaverse thing yeah yeah.
1: good luck with that
0: uh well apparently they've spent billions on the thing and got nothing well the tech demos look quite good but I'm, i don't really see the point in emulating something you can do in real life like the quite mundane things here's a triple monitor well that's great i'm literally sat in front of a triple monitor setup up now why do i need a headset that does that
1: someone i mean someone will get it get it working and and there, there will be metaverse things i'm sure but um it won't be it won't be facebook it'll be from someone you don't expect or just use happens to get it right i think for facebook to try and pivot into this um it's 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 a big ask isn't it i mean i i it's, there's just no way they're going to be the winners there's just
0: no way i just don't see how it's going to catch a mass market appeal though because okay, we've just been talking about 3D, and people were put off 3D because you had to wear the glasses. Well, now you've got to wear a chunky headset instead, which is far more irritating, I would have thought, than putting on a pair of glasses. Yeah, and to do what? To to
1: to do what? To have a meeting?
0: Well, this is it. I mean,
1: with I've PS
0: played VR headsets, Hero graphics. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, I've played on VR headsets, and they're fun for a short amount of time, but the novelty wears off. 3D, I could see a kind of longer-term play. If they can figure out how to put a TV in the living room, and everybody in that room, no matter what angle, sees 3D without any accessories placed on one's head or chip in one's brain, then maybe they're onto something, because 3D for a TV, I mean, just look at it for a 3DS. It's great when it works. but.
1: Holograms, like like you know, Star Wars, where R two D two projects the. Oh yeah, think, the layer, help me, Obi Wan. You're my only hope. That, help me,
0: Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my last hope. That's the, that's the, they've got to get that working, haven't they? This is not the VR headset you are looking for. Exactly. Yeah.
1: No. Apparently it's quite hard though, because the the problem, of course, is where you project on. You know, you project the hologram, and you have to. The light has to stop. It has to be projected onto something. But there is nothing in in air. It's just air, isn't it? There's nothing there to project the hologram onto. So it's really difficult.
0: I don't think anyone's going to rush to get um, uh, a hologram or 3D that involves a headset or glasses. And I think the good old 2D flat screen, I mean, people are still rushing out to get CRTs now when they can second hand so they can play retro consoles as it was meant to be. Would you not have,
1: uh, if it worked and it was safe, would you not have a chip in your head that projected things into your vision?
0: No Sounds way!
1: Great. No way! Have you not read the 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 wherever it was the 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 William Gibson book where the everyone's got the they have a clock, they have the time in their vision?
0: Like that's yeah. useful. I have a watch on my arm,
1: yeah, but you and it's kind
0: of in my vision. I just hold it up here.
1: <laughs> you wouldn't have to look at that, you think? Always, I mean, I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, would, no.
0: no, 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 no,
1: no, no. That
0: would be great. I mean, I love technology. There's no way I would have a, a chip in my head because even I like a de- half a day or a day where I just go, right, today is a no technology day. I want to break from it. You
1: switch it off. Well, can you? Think, you just think, switch, switch off.
0: What if you skimped out on the price of the thing and instead of getting the one without the ads, you pay a little bit more and get the Amazon one with the ads? So yeah, as you yeah. turn it off, suddenly you get a little. Oh, did you realise such and such a series has just begun?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would you would, you would, you would be getting adverts in your brain all the time. It'd be be quite funny, wouldn't it? Imagine funny that you- for the
0: person watching
1: somebody else suffer. Yes, <laughs> I've got the free. I've got the free Musk chip in my in my brain because it's got some good features for for navigating. But I keep thinking about Coca Cola and McDonald's. And why? <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's pretty it's, it's injecting thoughts into your head imagine that, I'm that, trying that
0: full auto drive Tony mode are you, for walking around <laughs> yeah yeah
1: but this is what this is this
0: is the end game isn't
1: it this is where it's gonna this is where it's gonna get to eventually you forget forget the glasses and the headsets I mean they just just go go forward 20 years or whatever it's gonna take and, and it'll be the chip and it'll be the thoughts thoughts augmented thoughts and and augmented vision
0: i can't think of anything worse
1: (laughs) i think it sounds quite good (laughs) I,
0: i i am completely in the opposite camp i am a geek i love technology i love virtually every aspect of what it can provide even the silly stuff it doesn't have to be having necessarily having a specific daily use but to imagine something in my brain I'm quite happy with a smartwatch on my arm, which I can take off at any time I want, but to have something permanently there. Just imagine what could go wrong. (laughs) It'd be great for cheating in exams, wouldn't it? Well, this is it. How would that work? Please make sure. You'd walk into it. They'd have to, therefore, by government requirement, be able to for them to remotely turn it off. So you'd walk into a room and it detect You're in an examination and turn it off and then yeah. you miss that all important call or something i don't know but still yeah. that when and then they say oh well you can't have encrypted messages in your head we need to see those and then before you know it, you've got your government in your brain and then your government could read every thought thought crime yeah it's there's a game that- in here somewhere <laughs>
1: certainly well i mean obviously stuff of novels but i mean yeah, it's, yeah. It, 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 it's coming that's the problem i mean even
0: crazy musk is working on it isn't he well i won't after the twitter acquisition i don't think i'd put any faith in anything he looks at or touches at at the moment yeah no, you don't you don't want a musk chip i'm a mastodon i love it i'm sorry yeah yeah I've left it's, twitter. it's not
1: bad actually i mean you, you everyone thought is okay we're going to join mastodon even though it's got the most ridiculous name ever thought up but it'll be really ropey you know and it won't work properly but we just we just want to socket to trump not trump musk set <laughs> really in <isn't> it <laughs> what's the difference um at mm-hmm. the moment uh, we we just want to you know we just want to make a statement but then you get you get onto the thing and it's actually pretty good and the the community is quite nice you know the game I just instantly linked up with loads of games people, and uh, it's it's pretty great, you know. And it all works; it's it's, it's nice. Yeah. You can edit you can edit the messages, and and there's no character limit. I mean, it's 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 really quite good, and it's and it's genuinely web free, you know, distributed and stuff. And anyone can run a node. It's 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 uh, it's a it's a nice little um, portend of the future, isn't it? It's the Fediverse.
0: And, of course, I was all excited when Revolution Software themselves created and mastered on account and did one post, and they've done nothing (laughs) since. (laughs) Paris in the fall, I believe that was one post that they did, and they've not returned since. So uh, any persuasive powers you've got, Tony, please encourage them to be a little bit more active on there because we like – Uh, mastodon and we love revolution software so we'd like to see a little bit more activity from them on this newfound social platform
1: yeah yeah i was quite impressed by that i think it's just another another social platform but
0: i know but this i find it hard with twitter now as in Look, I don't have that many followers on Twitter. I have about 850 or something. And I dread to think how many of those are actually bots and not actually real people. And the interactivity of people that follow me is low. And I thought this was just, just standard Twitter fee, You needed like 10,000 or something to get a real engaged response where you're actually really talking with people.
1: Most of it's dormant.
0: Yeah. And then you get to Mastodon, and I've got – I mean, we've got 350-something, and that's gone from 80 to 350 in about a few months. It's really rocketed. And I've still got a long way to go, I mean, to compete with some other people, but still I think that's quite respectable. But like, almost every post has like a number of people commenting, and it's not always the same people, it's different people. And you're just capturing people who are just... Sharing that same sort of interest. Oh, yes, I remember that. I had one of those back in. And it's just fantastic. You're sharing stories and you're learning things or you forgot things and they're reminding you. It's great. I wasn't getting that on Twitter. And for those who stick by Twitter, I can understand it. There's a big appeal to stay with Twitter. It's something you're used to. The learning curve on Twitter is far easier than Mastodon because of the way it's a Fediverse and you've got different servers and instances and the way you have to. When you're following another account, you may have to say which, you know, what Mastodon server you're on before you can actually add that account. I mean, there's all these little nuances that make it just that little bit more complex, but it's, I'm sure that's going to get easier over time. Yeah. It's not that hard. I
1: mean, you, you, yeah, if it's not on your server, you have to, you paste the username into the search and then you search for them. Then you can see them and, join them and follow them or whatever that, that's Correct. the only slightly freaky thing I, that i've found other yeah than that is, other than that it seems to work reasonably well once you're on it I and mean, once you figure out I mean, at first you're going what, what choose a server what's that about you know what difference does it make what server i'm on you know i couldn't i couldn't quite understand how that worked it seemed to be something that other people understood and i didn't but so i just picked one at random
0: really and and didn't seem to make any difference you know so yeah, I went with the official one because I thought that was quite low risk. <laughs> so um, James Woodcock at Mastodon.social. Which again is a bit of a long thing to remember. If you're on Twitter, be. you just go, oh, it's at James Woodcock. That's straightforward enough. But no, it's James Woodcock at Mastodon.social. And if you're on another one, maybe it's James Woodcock. I mean, the Pixel Refresh one, some blah had already got Pixel Refresh on Mastodon Social, some weird AI bot making out to be thing. I haven't really looked a bit too much. but uh, I, So I chose a different server instance so I could get the username Pixel Refresh. But that's on now Pixel Refresh, and it's like Mastodon for short. So it's MSTDN.social. But I've got to remember all these. It's not just Pixel Refresh. It's not just James Wilcox. I'm having to remember the server it's on for people to be able to find me in that way. Right. Except for the other day when I figured out, which I found this nice guide, that you can type anything at pixelrefresh.com and it will f- now find the Pixel Refresh account if you do it in the search of Mastodon. Because I've put something on my website where it would... What was it, what was it, the web finger, which sounds very odd. And the less we talk about this, the better. The web finger. But uh, it's not as dodgy as it sounds. But it basically means is this is that person. So you search for anything at pixelrefresh.com and you will find the Pixel Refresh thing in Mastodon, which is quite a time saver, I guess. It must be
1: terrifying for Musk, though, having paid, whatever it was, 43 billion for Twitter. And something that's basically free and nobody owns it is functioning just as well. Uh, that 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 that's that that should be fairly terrifying. I would have thought for quite a few legacy businesses. Well, that's the whole, you know that's the whole web free dream, which 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 has been mocked quite 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 a lot by all sorts of people. But it it, it is a good idea, decentralisation, and, uh, and and it's starting to work, isn't it? So um, interesting stuff. I think I think yeah. it's, I think we'll hear a lot more about that kind of thing before before we uh, all
0: disappear into the metaverse. Well, yeah, the Fediverse seems much more appealing to me. So I'm quite yeah. into Mastodon. and yeah. Although I've got my Twitter profile, and I still read my Twitter feed from every now and then, because there's still a lot of people who obviously haven't moved from Twitter, which is fine, that's their choice. Yeah.
1: And it hasn't actually broken has it, as we all thought it was going to.
0: Uh, yet. <laughs> I mean, who is, we're just waiting for the next disaster, I think, maybe. We've had quite a few of them when he's tried to make changes and it's not been particularly well thought through. What's going to happen next? I think we've just had a quiet lull as it's run up to Christmas and the new year. Yeah.
1: I yeah, I mean, Musk, Musk is a clown and, and we don't like him anymore but because he's turned into a crazy right-winger and all the rest of it. But I, I wouldn't bet against him in the long run, um, he does make things work. And, uh, I think the way he's treated people on Twitter was, uh, it, it was pretty bad. I mean, I read a few, few long form blog posts, um, Substack things from people who were on the inside of what, what was happening. And it was pretty shameful, really Un- unforgivable, to be honest, um, what was going on at Twitter and the way people were treated. I mean, it probably was bloated and all the rest of it, but you know, there's there's a right way and a wrong way to to deal with these things, and uh, the, the the way the way it was done was not good. Um, but I, I mean, I actually think he I think he will win it, win it through in the end. But um, we'll see. Yeah. But you know, it'll never be the same as it was. And and you know, he, he's, he's he's enabled the idea of of people not being on Twitter and and doing other things. You know, and going to Mastodon and 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 all the rest of it. So, I mean, he's weakened it in the long run by by allowing all this turbulence. You know,
0: I, I think, think he's weakened all social media that's kind of been belonging to. I mean, Mastodon bit. is maybe the alternative to Twitter, and there's lots of others out there. But I think that's the one that's been the dominant alternative, although he's still got a long way to go to catch up with Twitter. But I'm sooner have less followers and more engagement. And no, I'm in a relatively safe place compared to Twitter where you just don't know what's going to happen the next week. And yeah. mor- morally, I just can't find a reason to continue posting any new content there, except for those who follow the Pixel Refresh account. If they're following me personally, you have to follow me on on that. I'm not posting new content for me. But if you're following Pixel Refresh, fair enough, you're using Twitter, and that's your choice, and I want to make sure you've got that choice. So I'm going to continue posting the updates for Pixel Refresh, the website. But then it's got me thinking about, okay, if Mastodon is the Twitter alternative, what's the alternative for some of these other services I'm using? And well, I think that's
1: Facebook's that, the big one, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And I think that's the danger. So Instagram is a key target for me next. I'd love to come off Instagram. I am, I, I, you know, I understand why we've got ads, but it's not just ads, it's ads, it's suggested posts, it's this, the algorithms and trying to change the feed and, oh, Just give me the content in the order that I want it. The ads, I understand. It's a free service. That's fine. But it's just got so bloated with all this other stuff. And then there's an alternative for Instagram because now there's things like Pixel Fed, which is like an Instagram alternative. And it's certainly not got the numbers like Mastodon, but it's the same Fediverse. It's this same activity pub protocol that they're all sort of diving into to use i think
1: i think there'll be such a thing uh i, I don't i don't see it as yet and uh, uh i mean i have better thoughts about instagram than i do facebook facebook i really dislike i'd like to see that go down um i mean it is it is already in, as a company in a long decline i mean it'll take years and years but it, you know we've had peak facebook and, it, and it, it will it will it will slowly dissolve to nothing over the next whatever it will be 10 years or something 20 years but um instagram i still quite like it but you know yeah it's a mess and they keep they're constantly panicking and trying to copy whatever it is tiktok at the moment and all and all the rest of it
0: exactly which yeah.
1: which, which i've also resisted getting involved with but apparently it's quite good for game dev um promotions i might i might one day have to sell myself and wade into the tiktok world world um
0: well, that's a very different universe, isn't it? As in, very you've got your creative and you want to get your creative works out there. So you will go where the numbers are. Yeah, you yeah. will go with what is working for you. And I was actually sort of, ironically, with someone on mastered on about this. I was talking about Pixel Fed and as soon as they've got a solid Android app, I'll be quite happy to move over to Pixel Fed and then just stop using my Instagram account because I just want to come off all this corporate stuff now. I'm going to be fed up with it. Yeah, but there was someone on there saying, Well, I actually use Instagram as a promotion tool, that is quite vital for me that I've still got this platform. I said, Well, don't feel bad about it. You know, Instagram's certainly not like what's happened to Twitter just recently, and even then, if it's a tool you use that you're making a living off, then by all means, you carry on, don't feel guilty for that. But I wasn't using it in that sense i was using it as a conversation to share some thoughts to get some engagement and just talk to people well i can get that on mastodon without all the stresses of twitter and all the nonsense that's been going over there over the last couple of months and it's just got me thinking as a wider view now i think the harder sell is things like if there was a facebook alternative which someone did recommend i forgot the name of it now but i can't imagine my some of my family members signing up to something where they've got a pick what server instance they're going to use i think that's just going to blow their mind so you know for the twitter users who think okay i need to look at mastodon fine they'll probably go that extra mile to because they're maybe a little bit more techie maybe a little bit more capable of using these sort of things and then we'll want to learn about it and we'll spend the time to learn and engage and etc cetera, etc cetera. but i think facebook is a harder transition to sell as uh, here's this alternative, we need to all go on this platform because this is where we all now share our cat photos. But another one I'm sort of dabbling with is like a YouTube alternative, which is like the peer tube universe. Mm. So I'll still have a YouTube presence. YouTube is huge. Like for video, you go to YouTube. And although, again, there's other ones available, it's, YouTube is absolutely dominant. And maybe over time, that will change. But I am sort of uh, dabbling with hosting the Gaming Gadget podcast on the Fediverse, on through Peertube. So on TILVIDS, which is T-I-L-V-I-D-S, I'm actually putting the most recent ones, the last two are on there. What's quite interesting about it, because there's obviously going to be bandwidth limitations, it it works as peers. So it can actually download and stream that video for multiple people. Which is quite intriguing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, a text-based thing like Mastodon is is it's easier. It, it, you know, in, in terms of what the nodes are, it's 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 there's less less requirement there. I mean, YouTube is, as far as I understand it, and it it, it, it can't be anything else than warehouses full of servers, basically. You know, you, you know and, and a few a few people with Raspberry Pis can't can't recreate that. <laughs> uh, and, and quite a much we'd to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I quite like YouTube apart from the adverts. Um, Inst- Instagram, I still I, I do like Instagram, even though it's irritating with the way they keep messing with it. But,
0: um, but why is it like about Instagram? Well, everybody's on That couldn't on it. be replicated by something else. If you ignore the group of people that are on it, oh, well, technology wise, what is it that would make you think, I can't go to this other thing? Oh, well, it's just that everyone's on Instagram. And that's it, isn't it? That is the crutch of it, and it 's the same problem with twitter it 's the same problem with facebook it 's the same problem with Instagram and anything yeah. else The thing about
1: Facebook is that um young people aren 't joining it, so you know it's it's got a demographic problem as people get older you know it's it 's going to die anyway with with its users, but I mean obviously that 's quite a slow process, but young people are not joining Facebook, which is a major problem for them, and that 's why they're pan- uh, they're in a constant panic and 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 trying to make Instagram into their into their thing to get young people, you know, which is why when when all the all the young people they go to TikTok and they and that sets Zuckerberg's lot panicking again because because they're losing they're losing their their access to new new blood, aren't they? So to speak, that's why they're doing it because no one joins Facebook now. Um, only people only die or leave it. Um, <laughs> I mean, literally. So. Uh, you know Instagram is of vital importance because it's their only way that people still join Instagram but uh, if everyone goes to TikTok or, or Snapchat as it was before then 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 they're in trouble aren't they? So that's why they're desperately cloning everything that's successful to try and keep Instagram running. But yeah, I, I, I like it. I still like it. I mean I don't actually I don't see adverts on Instagram. How do you manage that? I don't know.
0: Oh, we'll have um, to find that out. <laughs> I'd love to find that out. But no, I'm, like I say, I'm going to leave I don't it. See YouTube,
1: I don't see the adverts on YouTube because I use um, Brave Browser, which blocks them all seamlessly. Because <laughs> when I watch on the telly, we watch a lot of YouTube on the telly, and it's just constant adverts, you know, all the time. And you can't get rid of them, and it, it's infuriating. Um, but Then you go, oh, well – we. I mean, I do like YouTube because it's just such a great resource and so many useful things on it and interesting things and, and interesting people, I mean, it, it, it really is great is as, as YouTube. So then you go, oh, I'll pay them some money and get rid of the adverts, and it, it's really expensive, isn't it?
0: It's £12 like, pounds a month. But the trouble is they tie in the YouTube music as well. Which I don't want at all. Yeah, I, I it's YouTube music is one of the worst music platforms for, I just I find it so useless to find – I just want the artist. I want the original music. I don't want the concert. I don't want this acoustic performance. I'm sure it's lovely. When I'm wanting something a bit different, I just want the actual music. Oh, no, you want this other thing? No. <laughs> so, yeah, just give me YouTube premium. Give me YouTube without the video ads and all the other ads that they are trying to force down my throat don't need youtube music i will quite happily pay 6.99 even maybe 7.99 to push a month for that because i use youtube to watch a lot yeah but don't need the music don't charge me for this thing i do not want
1: well i'm thinking of fiver to be honest because i mean it's all very well saying it's worth it's, this is worth whatever we think it's worth but you know, no, nothing exists in isolation. Does it? There's an awful lot of things that require subscription, and you can't subscribe to them all. So, you know, you, you can sit there in, in 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 the YouTube office and say, "Well, this is worth twelve quid," but it, it may well be worth twelve quid. But there's a lot of other things worth money as well, and you can't subscribe to them all. So, actually, YouTube, you're you're the one that we're not going to subscribe to.
0: Exactly, exactly, and it's interesting. how Netflix and Disney Plus also trying these cheaper plans where you get adverts, and it's like, oh god, blimey! What? Am, what? Am, can you remember when we went to things like Netflix to move away from cable and satellite and think, oh yes, we'll just have this one service that replaces it all in this cheap monthly fee? And now we've suddenly got ourselves back into this horrible position. Now we were—it's there's Netflix, there's Disney Plus, there's Amazon Prime. And then all the others, so yeah, it's fun. And they're all fighting for their own exclusive, so you subscribe to their platforms, and it's a bit of a mess. There's millions because there's. Uh, I mean, Amazon Prime
1: is quite good as well, but Amazon Prime is also a platform for yet more subscription services, isn't it? So yeah. There's, there's, there's other. It's like you go, oh, hey, oh, great! This program we want to watch is on. Like the great, we watched the great, and it was it was it was great. Um. Uh. So, but it's like, hang on it's not really on amazon prime it's it's on a subservice so we you see you have to subscribe to whatever the hell it was stars or something what the hell's that you know they want like quite a lot of money but um luckily you can you can cancel after a month for which point you've watched all of the great and uh, it's cost it's cost it's cost a tenner and then you cancel the subscription until season two comes out in years time yeah yeah, yeah madness madness
0: well, I'm quite happy with my Plex server. I've st- I've still got my subscription to Amazon Prime, and I, but I think that's as much for the delivery stuff that is the actual video stuff. That's just like a bonus for me. But I would quite sooner buy a Blu-ray, buy a 4K disc, rip it, stick it onto Plex. Thank you very much. And it works on any TV around the house. And as the family members around here are growing, <laughs> then... Uh, having multiple streams off a single service, which has cost me nothing except for the electricity to power it. It's working great.
1: Yeah. Actually, it's funny. I, I mean, I have actually started buying discs again, Blu-rays and, and 4Ks just, just cause like they're not going to be pulled off of whatever service they were on, you know, like, uh, like on today's newspapers, everyone's got a, what films are leaving Netflix in January. Yeah. Um, because that's how it works, isn't it? They have a license for a while and then they drop them. But and, but if you got the disc, then you have got the disc, haven't you?
0: Yeah, it's it's only leaving the cabinet to go in the player. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, it's going from the player back into the cabinet. And if you've got it on the Plex server, then as long as you've got it backed up, I mean, that's I guess the only risk with it is disc rot. My HD DVDs probably half don't work anymore. So I'm glad right? I ripped. Nah, so I'm glad I ripped. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I'm glad I ripped the ones I could rip which was the vast majority of them. So I've got them backed up on a hard drive for Plex, and then it's backed up again somewhere else. Right. But, you know, if I was really paranoid, then I'd have to back it up again off-site somewhere. So where does it end? And before you know it, it gets very expensive, far more expensive than having Netflix and Disney Plus and Amazon Prime all together. But there we go.
1: Yeah, in your in your external cloud service will be a subscription fee, won't
0: it? Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> like well, my internet speed was fast enough, which it certainly is not. Like 70 megabits is the fastest I can get round here at the minute. And then whoever I was sending it to, if I had a hard drive set up at their house, I could just send it to them rather than a cloud service. I do not know how much it would cost. I've got uh, 36 terabytes total, if you include the backups. It's a lot of data. So the actual Plex data, um, well, I've got 18 terabytes available space, and I've got about 3 gig free. So 15 terabytes I'd need to back up somewhere. That's not a small cost. Well, I mean, at some point, someone
1: will do a Dropbox that's, that's web free, won't they? And then it'll just that, ah. that'll be that'll be a good thing to do. I back. I use um. I use Backblaze, which is six quid or something, and that would that would back up everything. Backblaze is great. Another great thing.
0: Okay, well, I think Dropbox, what we need to do, Tony, is uh, Dropbox.
1: I dislike intensely because their subscription model is ridiculous, but. um Backblaze, it's only for backup, but it's a um, it's, it's very good peace of mind. I do well, like back- if we
0: ever decide to chum up and have a NAS at each end, <laughs> so we back up each other's data remotely, so we've got an external backup. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Well, yeah, I suppose you could just take the dump of all the files for the first time, stick it on the NAS, and then I guess I'd bring it around to you, and you'd do the same for me, and then it would just trickle anything that's new. And then I feel that it's like protected
1: forever. That's what you want, isn't
0: it? Okay. Well, we've been speaking for over an hour, which is great. We've certainly gone into about 50,000 different topics on this one. So I'm going to have great fun trying to list them all on a list for the podcast show notes. Mostly grumbling about stuff, but yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good way to start the year. We've grumbled about everything that's happened in 2022, and I'm sure in the next podcast we'll be far more enthusiastic about having a chip in our brain that has ads. (laughs) (laughs) I would do it. I want the clock. (laughs) Okay, for the next podcast, you need to create me a little list of why this is a good idea, why it won't go wrong, And what are the key apps and things you would want in your head? Google Calendar Reminders. That might actually be quite useful. (laughs) But anyway, I need a more extensive list than that, Tony. But you take care, everybody. And thank you again for joining us in the Game and Gadget Podcast.